Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Um, we are in our relationships theme at the moment. Um, and I, I just love relationships. And I love that this is a topic that our church values and that we speak around. Um, because it is so important and so valuable for us and for our lives, for our relationship with God, our relationships with each other. Um, and Bray and I, we value it so much that um, two weeks ago at our youth service night, we did a relationships panel, um, which is one of the first times we've done anything like that. Um, and it was really, really impactful. We had a few of our leaders speak on um, perspectives from being single, being um, dating, us on being married, even um, Adam on being married for 18 years, which that was some big wisdom that we got from him, um, Bray and I included, because we're five years in. Um, and so that was really incredible, and it opened up so many conversations and so many topics um, with our young people later on. We actually had one of them ask um, our youth leader in the car on the way home, like, I didn't know we couldn't have sex before marriage. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know that was what we believed. Um, and, like, you might be thinking, oh, well, like, they should know that. They're in church. But thank God they're actually learning it before they actually go and have sex before marriage. Um, and yeah, so doing this was just incredibly valuable to be able to teach our young people around relationships. Um, and as we're going through this theme, it's really gotten me thinking about relationships and the roles that we play within our own relationships with each other, with God in our lives. Um, and you know, I've been in unhealthy relationships before. I think that we have healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. Um, a lot of you would know now about my family life and those unhealthy relationships I have there with abusive childhood and things that went on there. Um, I've also been in friendships that have grown unhealthy. Sometimes things um, grow toxic and they grow hurtful and you have to leave those relationships. Um, but I've also played an unhealthy role, if I can be very honest, um, in my friendships and relationships before. Um, when I was in my uni days, there was a lot of times I was 18, 19 years old and work was very full on and uni was very full on and all of these sorts of things. And I used to just ghost people. I used to just drop off the face of the earth um, and I would take ages to reply to text messages. I wouldn't put in the same effort that I used to put in. Um, and I know maybe a few people can relate to that, if we're being honest. Sometimes we can drop off with people. Um, and so as I was praying around this message, I really felt God speak to me about that there's four roles that we play in our relationships, two being healthy, two being unhealthy. Um, and I would love to unpack those with you this morning um, and maybe see where, where you sit in those roles. Am I an unhealthy person? Am I a healthy person? Um, but also identifying those people in your lives as well. Um, and then also in our relationship with God. Um, and, you know, I've seen the power of these different roles that we play. When we're in healthy relationships and when I've been in healthy relationships and seen them, I can see the power of it, that people come alive. They come alive in Christ. They come alive in the call of God. They come alive. They have healing. They have all these sorts of things happen. They become whole in Jesus. And also the effect of unhealthy, where we sometimes get hurt, there's confusion, there's pain, 
um, even with God, with others, whatever it may be. And that can sometimes lead down the wrong path to turning away from God, to even blaming God for these sorts of things that happen to us or that we've been a part of. Um, and so speaking on those two things, um, I can see that with these unhealthy and these healthy relationships, that there's a key person in the Bible that represents all of these roles that we're going to be unpacking today. So with Simon Peter, who was known as Peter, um, he was one of the key disciples in the church. He was one of the first disciples, actually, that Jesus called into his ministry. He was a lowly fisherman, if I can say he's lowly. Sorry, Pastor Tim, he's not here. But he... (laughs) He was, he was a lowly fisherman, um, and him and his brother get called into the ministry of Jesus in the early days, um, and Peter, like all of us, gets called into this ministry, but he's still very broken, and he still has a lot of things going on, he's still quite a messed up guy, like all of us, we come to Christ with our brokenness, and with our pain, and with our hurt, and the things that we're falling short on, and so he comes to Christ Well, all of these things, because he is an imperfect human, and us as imperfect humans, serving a perfect God and loving a perfect God, we often fall short. Um, And so, in this, in through Peter's life, um, we can identify these four roles um, that God's really spoken to me about this morning. Um, So, the first one that I want to run through with you guys is the taker. So, the taker is somebody who um, either in your relationships or in your relationship with God, they're somebody that often takes more than they're given. They can be quite selfish in their relationships, maybe turning conversations back to themselves a lot, um, always trying to seek out what they can get from others and not what they can give to others. Um, And we see this really clearly with Peter um, in John 21. And I'm just going to read from this for a moment. So, John 21, when um, Jesus has been crucified on the cross, he's been resurrected, um, and Peter has denied Jesus three times, which we'll go over later on. Um, But here it says, uh, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he, Jesus had asked him for the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And you might be like, Jess, why are you talking about that? That doesn't make any sense. He's saying that he loves Jesus. Like, what is this matter? Um... But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when we're reading it in the English. Um, But when we convert this back to the Greek, because the Bible was written in both Hebrew and Greek in different books and things like that. So when we look at it in the Greek and we look at the two different types of love that are used in this passage. So in with Jesus, when he's saying, "Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He's using a love it's called agapus or agape. So this love is the all-encompassing, the unconditional, the love that God has for us. The love that has no bounds, that 
is everything, the sum of God. So he's asking Peter, do you love me with this kind of love? And then Peter is replying, you know that I love you, but the love that he's using is called phileo, which is a reciprocal love. This is a friend love. This is, when we look at the definitions of them, it's a less than love. So Jesus saying, do you love me with this incredible, all-encompassing, I love you with everything in my being, love. And Peter is saying, well, I love you like a friend. I love you, you know, like someone who's given things to me. I love you because of what you've done for me. And so we see here the difference and we see Peter being a taker because Jesus is giving him his all. He gives us his all. And we see Peter giving back less and giving back a love that's, I'll only love you because you love me. And this is what we're seeing here in Peter being a taker. Um, And, you know, as we talk about this this morning, you might be reflecting on your own relationships and seeing that there are people in your own life that embody a taker, that are maybe selfish in their relationship with you or in their friendship with you, or you yourself are reflecting and realizing, ooh, I might be a taker. I might be sitting here thinking that um, I'm not always giving of my all in my friendships. I'm sometimes only seeing what I can get out of it. Um, and I'm here to tell you that it's okay. This is a picture of us. We are broken people. And that's why I've used Peter as an example this morning. Um, but it's also not what God has for us. We're not called to be takers. We're not called to have a reciprocal love for others. But we're also not called to have a reciprocal love for God. And I think in this moment as well, we can reflect on our relationship with God. What is your prayer life like? What is your relationship with God like? Do you pray to God, oh my gosh, God, help me. Help me with this thing. I need breakthrough in my finances. I need breakthrough in my relationship, whatever it may be. And then you get it and you're like, oh, cool, thanks, God. And you just walk away. And then, oh, yeah, everything's sorted. I'm good. And then, oh, no, like, this is all happening again. I don't know what's going on. I'm struggling with this again. But, God, would you help me? And then he answers your prayer. Okay, thank you. And you just walk away. Like, God is not a genie in a bottle church, okay? We can't be treating our God who created us and who loves us with an agape love, an all-encompassing love, and be like, okay, like, I get what I want. No worries, see you later. Like, God created us. He He is everything. We need to be coming to him with reverence and with awe um, and coming before him being like, God, would you help me? Would you be with me? But also I praise you even if you don't. I'm going to be coming before you even if you don't answer my prayer or if you don't answer it in the time that I want or the way that I want or whatever it is because we need to be seeking God and coming before him with our reverence, with our awe that he deserves and responding to him with that agape love that he gives us, with that unconditional love. God, no matter what, I love you. No matter what happens, I love you. I will keep coming to you. I will keep seeking you no matter what happens. And the second one that we're going to look at this morning for the unhealthy is the blocker. 
Now, this is what I was saying that I was before sometimes in my relationships in the past, before I learned my lesson, and God convicted me on it, is being a blocker. And this is someone that falls off the face of the radar, um, doesn't respond, um, ghosts people, those sorts of things. Josiah's laughing. Um, and, you know, like, they, they just don't respond. Like, you're texting, texting, texting. Okay, like, they're not responding to me. Like, this is really weird. Like, I get the, I get the picture. I get the answer. Um, but I also think with the blocker, it's people that engage in passive behavior that are very complacent in their lives. They're not really engaging in anything in a meaningful way. Um, and they're quite passive in their relationships. They're just kind of going with the flow, sitting and be like, oh, yeah, hey, how are you? But, like, not engaging with anybody. Um, and we see Peter, again, embodying this in one of his most infamous moments, which we're going to read from in Matthew. Now, this is after, um, as Jesus is going to be crucified on the cross. Um, so Jesus has been arrested. He's going. He's being whipped. He's being beaten. He's being dragged to the cross. Um, and we see Peter as recognized as a disciple of Jesus and is denying him. Um, so we'll read from this now, Matthew 26, 69 to 75. So now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. And she says, you also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl sent, saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken, saying, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. So if you don't know Peter's life, this is quite significant. He has been walking side by side with Jesus for three years. Three years, every single day with Jesus, being a part of his ministry, seeing all of the good that he's done, all of these different things. And also, as we read that, Jesus also had predicted to him, saying, you will deny me three times. He knew it was going to happen. He could have prepared. <laughs> um, and so he knows all of these things. He knows how incredible Jesus is. And still, he becomes a blocker. He denies Jesus, not just once, but three times. When they are absolutely sure that it is him, he's like, no, I don't know Jesus. I don't know that man that is dying for my cross for my sins on the cross. I don't know that man that I have walked beside for three whole years. And yeah, as I've said, sometimes we are like this in our own lives. When we can drop off with people, we can have moments where we get overwhelmed and we shut down. And sometimes this can also be a trauma response that we have a lot of hurt, we have a lot of shame. And when people get too close, we're like, oh, no, thank you. I don't want to I don't want to have you too close to me like that. You can just stay right out here. That's where I want you to be. Um, but can I tell you that God has called us for connection. He has called us to have healthy relationships, to let people in so that we can have community because we were created for community. 
Even Jesus was created for community. I always view his disciples as his greatest community. He had 12 people with him all the time. And yes, of course, he went to, G- to God for assistance and for prayer and all these sorts of things. But he also had his people with him. Even when they stuffed up, even when things went wrong, he had his community. But I think also, church, we can be a blocker with God. And this is a big one, is that we can have a lot of hurt. We can have a lot of things maybe that we blame God for and we turn away from him. We turn away. We might even be coming to church regularly like this, but in, in ourselves and in our own relationship with God, he's not there. We've, we've put a wall up. And can I tell you as well, God honors our free will. He's, I like to always say that he's a gentleman. And so he will never push past that wall. He will never force himself upon you. When you've put that wall up, he's like, okay, I'll wait. I'll wait. And so don't become complacent. Don't be blocking. Don't be blocking God. Um, and we can also be blocking God in our call that God has on our lives. We might be having great relationship with him. We're pressing on. We're moving forward in the good things of God. And God's like, hey, why didn't you go do this? Why didn't you go, I don't know, lead a ministry? Why didn't you go start a life group? Why don't you do, do all of these different things? Why didn't you start serving in church? And then you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. That's too hard. I'm too busy. Too busy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm too busy, I have too many things going on, God, no, I still love you, but I don't, I don't want to be called into all of this, I don't want to be called to serve you, or we may be outworking this call that God has on our lives, but again, we grow complacent, sometimes it's when you're building a ministry, as Brayden and I know, it can be really hard, it can be really hard, and it can be hard to have endurance, and to keep going and to keep fighting. And so we can grow complacent. We can be outworking this call of God, saying our yes, but we're losing our passion. We're losing our faith. We're getting tired. We're getting over it. Don't block God in this church. Don't let yourselves grow complacent. Our source is Jesus. Our source is God. Our source is the Holy Spirit. When you're growing weary, we can come to him and we can be filled again. We can be filled again with passion for what he's called you to, filled again with faith for what he's called you to, for seeing and outworking all that he has for you. The Bible says don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary, church. We have an endless source of spiritual faith, of spiritual endurance in God. And with all of these things, with these unhealthy relationships, um, I'm here to tell you that God does not want us to be in unhealthy relationships. We're called to be in healthy relationships, to have community, to be with other people, to be giving, to be receiving, and also in our relationship with God, to be continually seeking Him and going after Him, to be leading effectively and to also be led effectively. And so that leads us into our two healthy examples of the roles that we can play. So we have, first we have our giver. Um, And with Peter, we can see this in his life because after he 
is reinstated by Jesus. You know, he denies Jesus three times. He comes through. He's reinstated by God. Guess what he does? He goes on and leads the early church in Acts. He becomes one of the greatest givers of his life, giving his entire life to Jesus, to the work of the ministry. And can I also say, that wasn't easy back then. You had um, the Jews against them. They had, you know, in Acts, they received the Holy Spirit and everyone is like, what is going on? I don't understand this. And people, when they don't understand, they can deny, they can hate, they can come against them. And we see in Acts, lots of the disciples being killed for this and all sorts of horrible, horrible ways. But still we see Peter persevere. And still we see Peter going to write the book of Acts, to write First Peter, Second Peter, and to give of his life to God, to be a giver, to lay it down. We also see him giving of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, healing people, preaching, encouraging others, building up and leading this whole early, early church. And we wouldn't be here without Peter, without him building this early church in Acts and going out and ministering to thousands and thousands of people that then flows down to us here today. In Colossians 3, it says, when I get to it, um, I just see. I have highlighted everywhere on this thing. There it is. Um, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. In that, we are being called to give, to bear with one another in love, to be with each other, to be generous in our love, to be generous in kindness, to be generous in encouragement. And, you know, we were given the greatest gift of all. We were given the gift of salvation. We were given the gift of freedom, of healing by the Holy Spirit. So now we are called to give out of that place and to be able to give back. And, you know, we're in a very, very selfish world, a world that's default is selfishness. That is that that taker, what can I get from you? What can I, what can I get? What, what can you give me? Because I don't want to give you anything until you give me something. But we don't, we're not called to conform to that. We don't need to be a party to that. We are called to give. Because we don't need anything from anybody else. We've already received the greatest gift in God. We've already received it. So what else could we possibly need? So all we can do now is be loving, is be generous, is be kind. And, you know, in our relationship with God as well, how are you being generous with God? And that might be a really funky concept because you're like, well, God has everything. I can't give him much. Like, he has everything. Maybe I do default to that phileo love of, okay, like, I'll give because you gave me something because that's all I know how to do. But... Again, God gave us the greatest gift of all. He deserves our reverence. He deserves our praise. We can't just be going to him because we need things and then going away. 
It says in the Bible that God's a jealous God, that he seeks after us, that he wants to be with us. And so give to him, church. Are you being generous in your time with God? Are you being generous in all that you're giving and you're serving with him? Even in our prayer life, um, I like to think of it as like there's the praise. We're praising God. As it says in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Hallowed be your name. And I'm praying, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you have given me. Thank you for my life, my work, all of these different things, all that you have given me. And then we can go into petition. Okay, God, like, I'd like help with this, I'd help with that, whatever it is. And then coming back, praising God again. Okay, God, thank you. Even if you answer this or not, I will still praise you. Even if you um, give me an answer in all of these things, I will still praise you. I will still come before you and worship you and honor you. So it's praise, petition, praise. Not just petition, 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 petition. Okay, now I'm gone because I didn't get my answer. He's an almighty God. We're coming to him with adoration, with grace, because he's already been so generous with us. In giving his one and only son to die, we have already received the greatest gift that we could receive. But in this as well, we can't be giving out of an empty place. When we are giving, we can't be giving out of, okay, I'm not actually spending much time with God, but I, God, I'm seeking you. I'm going to be giving, I'm giving, I'm giving all of these things. And then next minute we have an empty cup and we're getting tired and we're getting weary. And then we're getting involved in toxic relationships and we're becoming unhealthy in our relationships. Of What can you give me? What can you give me? Because I don't have anything. So I need to get stuff from you. We can't be giving out of an empty place. We need to be giving and being generous out of the overflow of our lives. And the overflow of our lives comes from Jesus, comes from our relationship with God, comes from the Holy Spirit. And so this brings us into the receiver, our final one for this morning. So the receiver is someone who is open to receiving from others, receiving love, receiving correction, receiving encouragement. And, you know, after Peter denied Jesus three times, we actually see him come in and be a receiver. In John 21, we see that, and if we know Peter's story, early on, Jesus calls him out into the water with the boats, and he's, he's walking, and then he loses his faith, and he sinks, and he freaks out, Jesus, help me. This is early on in the Gospels. And then in John, after Jesus dies, is resurrected, and he's revealing himself to the disciples, they've actually gone back to what they used to do. They've all gone fishing again. Okay, like, Jesus is gone. I'm just going to go back to what I used to do, which is fishing. So they're in their boats, they're fishing, and then Peter sees Jesus on the shore. He's like, oh my gosh, is that Jesus? He's here. And so what does he do? He jumps in the water and he goes straight to Jesus. And I just think that that's a really cool parallel in that Peter is terrified in the water with Jesus earlier. And then after being reinstated and receiving God, he gets that correction and it says that he wept after he realized that he denied Jesus three times. And I see that as a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, I've denied my Lord and Savior. 
okay, Holy Spirit, help me to come back again. And then we see him jump in and go to Jesus, to receive Jesus again. He was no longer afraid. He was no longer full of all the fear and different things that he had earlier in his life. He was coming back to receive Jesus. And we see him again repeating, um, receiving that correction from God in John 21, where he's convicting him on, no, no, you need to be loving me. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Will you follow me? And later we see that Peter is, yes, okay, Lord, I will follow you. And then he goes on and leaves the early church. And we could learn a lot from Peter in receiving correction and receiving love. He could have just been like, oh my gosh, I denied Jesus three times back in Matthew. Okay, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to, I might as well just keep going down this path of denying Jesus and not going down and not um, being in a relationship with him. But what did he do? He wept. He was convicted by the Holy Spirit. And then later we see him chasing after Jesus and leading his early church. He received correction. He received conviction. And he also received the forgiveness and the grace of God. He could have, even when he wept and he could have turned away, he could have been, I want to go back, but I'm full of shame. I'm full of guilt. I don't want to come back. Like, Jesus, I want it, but I don't know what to do. But he didn't. We can come to Jesus with our guilt, with our shame, and have that be set free off of our lives and have that broken off of us. And with that as well, like it's important to be teachable by the Holy Spirit, just like Peter, to be listening to the conviction. The Holy Spirit is always speaking, always speaking to us. But it's also important to be teachable Christians. Are you submitting to the leadership that you're under? Who, who's your leader? Who's your pastor? Who are you serving under? You know, if I didn't listen to correction um, and receive those things from Pastor Tim and Wendy, and if I didn't listen, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> and I am a stubborn gal. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we need to be teachable to not only from the Holy Spirit, but from the ones that God has placed to be leading us in our life, in our ministry, and all of these things as well. And we need to be giving, giving to God, giving to all of these things. We receive so much from Him. We receive so much faith, so much direction, all of these things from Him. So whatever you were going through this morning, would you receive from God? Whatever is going on, whatever is hurting you, whatever is coming against you in your life, would you receive from Him? And you know, when we're talking about the giver and the receiver, you can play both of these roles at different times throughout your life. We're never called to just be one without the other. Because if we are constantly a giver, again, we're going to have an empty cup. We're not going to have anything to give out of. We need to also then turn and be a receiver and receiving from God, receiving from others, receiving community. We are called to be both church. And in different seasons that you're in, you might be one more than the other and that's okay. But we're never just one. We're never just one. And so church, would you receive God? Whatever you're going through, 
whatever God is convicting you on, whatever God is speaking to you on, would you receive his word? Would you receive his Holy Spirit to breathe on whatever you are going through? Don't be a blocker. Don't put that wall up. Let God in. Let him in. And you know, you may be here this morning and you you don't know, you've never received from God. You don't know what we're talking about. Or maybe you have received from God in the past. You have had that relationship with him and you've turned away. So right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to go into a moment of salvation and we're going to give you an opportunity to come back to God and to reconnect with him. And so if that's you this morning, if you have received from God in the past and you've turned away, or if you have never received, you've never received the Holy Spirit, you've never accepted God into your life and been like, Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins, forgiving me of my sins. If that's you this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to God, to turn to Him and to give Him your life. So if that's you, would you raise your hand so that I know who I'm praying for? If you've received God in the past and you've turned away, would you raise your hand? Or if you are turning to him for the first time, would you raise your hand and we can pray for you this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every single person here. Lord, I thank you that you would lead us into healthy relationships, my God. You would lead us to be healthy in our relationships, God that we would be generous in love, generous in who we are to you, Lord, and to others in our lives, Lord God, that we would be able to receive your correction, to receive your Holy Spirit, to receive all that you are and be open to the community around us. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness that we have in your name. Jesus' name. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.